As we continue to explore alternative investments, today's guest helps us to understand the important differences between public debt and equity and private debt and equity, and where the opportunities are for investors. That's coming up on this edition of Your Money Manual with Vince Annable. And now from his office in Scottsdale, Arizona, here's the host of Your Money Manual, the CEO of Wealth Strategies Advisory Group and creator of the household endowment model, Vince Annable. Welcome to Your Money Manual, the educational show we designed around the fact that when it comes to investing, your money doesn't come with instructions. So we're hopefully going to be able to provide you with some valuable information from some of our industry experts to help you in processing your investment decisions and building out your own portfolios. Um, today, we have a great guest, a gentleman whom I have nicknamed the architect because he is so good at designing investment products, private alternative investments. His name is Matt Leiter. He is with GK Development, and he is the Senior Vice President of Equity Markets for GK Development. It's a pleasure to participate in your podcast. Um, thank you for the invitation, and I'm looking forward to a great show with you today. want to welcome him to the show. As you know, we like to investigate alternative investments as a portion, just like Yale has done and David Swenson, for a portion of our household endowment model. So when we're looking at these different types of private investments, we see real estate, we see venture capital, we see private equity, we see private credit. And then you also have the public markets, which you're familiar with because you hear about the stock market going up and down. So public markets are those securities that are traded on a daily basis. So Matt, would you please explain to the audience the difference between private equity and debt and public equity and debt? Yeah, I'm happy to talk about the differences between um, private equity, debt, and then the public equity and debt markets. Uh, and I'm sure you'll have some thoughts on this too. Obviously, in the investment world, there are all sorts of public investments which investors can participate in. They tend to be connected to public markets and uh, you know they're liquid. They can be um, bought and sold on a daily basis. And with that flexibility comes generally lower yields for investors because of the open markets in which they trade. And so whether it be debt or equity, obviously a debt type investment is an investment. The audience understands a debt type investment is an investment where there's a stipulated return and uh, maturity or think in terms of return like you would um, an interest rate or yield. Those are commonly connected with concepts of debt. And as I said, these investments have a fixed maturity. And then equity obviously is um, is not a fixed return generally. It's a targeted return. And, and quite often in those equity products, there is no known maturity. And so you're at the whims of the company which has issued the equity generally. So public equity and debt are those two types of investments which are available to anyone and they have commensurately lower returns. Then contrast that to say private equity and private debt those are investments which, again, follow the debt or equity structure, uh, one being a fixed return, one being somewhat of a fluid return with the hope for greater growth in the future. But they're only available to 
a limited audience. And the audience is generally referred to in our industry as accredited investors who are meeting those standards. And I'm going to obviously leave that, those sorts of details to you to explain the audience. But the private debt and equity would generally be offered to a more limited audience who would be considered to be an accredited investor and offered through a private offering. And there is a difference between private equity and private debt. And I believe that many people have heard about private equity firms and private equity investments. Could you just go through a little bit of the difference between what private equity is used for and what private debt or private credit might be uh, used for if an investor has an opportunity to look at those types of investments? Sure. And I think just so that the audience, there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of nomenclature in our industry, which is mixed up and can be confusing to investors. So I'll start out by saying oftentimes when folks are looking at investments and they hear this concept of private equity, they often think in terms of Wall Street firms who are investment banks and, and things of that nature. And that's certainly one way to refer to private equity. But I think in this context, what we're really talking about is private investment opportunities, which are structured as equity investments, and then private debt or private investments, which are structured as debt or structured products with a fixed interest rate and a known maturity. So I just wanted to kind of cover that from the outset, because uh, that can be confusing to, to the listeners. But private debt is, uh, as you know, banks uh, are often considered to be the most common lenders, and there's certainly plenty of banks out there lending capital. However, and generally people understand that when banks make loans, they're at rates which are in the single digits and probably the mid-single digits based on where interest rates are today, and uh, they're not looking for high-yield type of returns. They're looking for returns which are commensurate with the banking industry. Uh, but when you talk about private debt, what we're really talking about is lenders who come into the market, who provide investments to investors, and then those private lenders deploy the investor's capital into assets, which are debt-type investments. However, they, being that they're in the private side of the lending space, they are generally higher yield to the cost of the borrower and a higher yield to the investment returns do the lender. So in this context, an investor would be the lender, a private debt lender, and the borrower would be the private debt borrower. And they would all pay higher rates, meaning that the rates coming back to the investor in a private debt investment are going to be of a higher yield than what would be normally considered an, uh, a yield in a, a typical debt or banking kind of loan. Great. And I know that you are familiar with uh, designing some of these products. So if I were to just throw a big picture out there, you might design a private offering or an investment that somebody could invest in that would be providing capital for an entity to purchase real estate. And when doing that, that would be additional debt on the property. But ahead of that would be the equity portion that uh, has already been invested. So you could, mm -hmm. in some cases, see where you have a capital stack where the equity and some of the different guarantees that might be involved would be way ahead of the debt position, providing 
protection for those folks making a private debt type of investment. That'd be a, a good summary. That would be, and I, and I would say that um, to take it a little st a step further on, on the concept that you're on for the audience, uh, in any investment, it's called a real estate investment to your point, there's going to be from from the bottom up in terms of the capital stack. The first part of the capital stack would be the mortgage debt from the bank. And then in this case, this private debt context that you are um, talking about, the next step after the bank loan would be this private debt in a more secure position, but yet slightly lower yielding position than what the private equity would be. And so you can structure real estate investments that are higher yield and giving attractive yield to investors, which would be in the called around 10% annually. Uh, that's a good number to, to target, but you dial out some of the risk, even though that'd be a higher re return. The nice thing about private debt is that the, the debt which is issued can be structured in such a way where there are all sorts of downside protections because by the nature of the instrument itself being debt, the investor has provided all sorts of protections because you're in fact making a loan. A loan, as most of the audience knows, is much different than just making a quote unquote equity investment. A loan has, a, as we've talked about before, a, an interest rate, a known maturity, and then all sorts of covenants which are a part of that loan or if properly designed, like the ones that I have designed, will have covenants which are protective to the investor. And essentially what they're doing is they're uh, making sure that the investor is uh, who's invested private debt has the appropriate coverages in terms of cash flow and equity and really holds the is in a is in a better position if you will than say the private equity now the trade-off is of course that they're only getting 10 percent whereas an equity investor might get something of a higher nature you know so for instance a, a mid-teens annual investment return so it's always a trade-off between which the investor choice is whether it's made in private debt or private equity. Um, there are trade-offs to each one in the context of private debt. They have um, an attractive rate, a known maturity, and, and a lot of protective covenants. Yeah, and also it seems to me that with uh, many of the private credit type of transactions, that private credit debt is also backed in many cases by assets. In the case of a real estate design program, it would be backed in addition to the various covenants you speak of, it would also be backed by real assets, real real estate. So that worst case scenario is the debt holder may wind up um, with real estate that they would be able to sell that protects their interests uh, in that kind of an investment, correct? Absolutely, that's right. and. And I think the best way to refer to investments that are private debt that are invested into real estate, so long as they're properly balanced, that's where your expertise comes in in terms of doing the due diligence on these investments. They're properly balanced, then the position of the private debt is such that it is asset backed. So in the event there's some pullback in values or there needs to be a liquidation to recover investors' capital in one of these private debt vehicles, the real estate could be sold and the investor's capital could be recovered. And that's, that's really the beauty of a private debt-like investment is that you're in a, in a better position to effectuate uh, an outcome like that. And that's why you've chosen, and in your case, you've selected investors uh, to, to participate in these private debt offerings because it does give them an attractive yield, but it also protects some of their downside. 
Right. And it goes back to the whole idea of the household endowment model, which is you want to be well diversified. Based off the current economy, Matt, where we're at in this economy, we don't know how many innings left. We're due for a recession at some point, but we have been due for a recession at some point for a while. Could you give us some examples on how and why to invest in private credit debt over private equity? Is there a better time? Is this the time to maybe be looking at private credit versus just equity investments? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, you make a great point. If we look back at history, we're in the extra innings of a bull market, just overall, not, not just in terms of the stock market, but in just terms of the economy. Cycles are generally about nine years, and we're, we're well, well, well beyond that now. However, certain things are changing around us from the past, which may make some of the conventional wisdom not as valid as it used to be. However, there is one place that we can look to to really know uh, for certain how to think through real estate investing by looking at where real estate assets are, are buying and selling for what price they're buying and selling compared to what they were just a few years ago. So in terms of expansion from 2011, uh, we've been in an expansive mode, and everyone knows that if they lived through 2008, that there's a huge contraction and then a reset. And that resetting has taken place from 2011, and that resetting has brought with it a big expansive boom in terms of real estate assets. And the general economy has gotten much better as well. As we all know, GDP is higher, et cetera, et cetera. However, to your point, as we find ourselves in the ninth, ninth inning, could be some extra innings, but we're definitely nearing the end of the ballgame. We, we are seeing that interest rates, as interest rates rise, which everyone can observe if they're buying a home or, or buying a car and financing it and that sort of thing, interest rates are rising. And in the real estate market, what happens when real estate, uh, excuse me, when interest rates rise, real estate values generally go down because the cost of capital for real estate investors goes up. And so they can afford to pay less for the real estate that they're buying. So we've talked about this many times in, in our discussions. And what an investor has to consider today is while they had an expansive run from 2011 till now in terms of capturing growth in the real estate economy, it may be that that growth and those returns are starting to slow. And that's happening for a couple of reasons. One is, is obviously interest rates, but another uh, data point is the fact that there's been a lot of building and where there was once very limited supply of real estate, regardless of what asset class you're in, uh, you're now seeing that um, the supply uh, has caught up with demand. And so what happens then is, is there's more price competition. And so these real estate assets can produce lower yields themselves. So going back to this discussion about private debt versus private equity in real estate investing, the um, one, one has to ask themselves, as an investor, and I know you study this all the time, Vince, um, how, where, where is an investor best served given where we are in the real estate cycle? And the kinds of yields that an investor can get in private debt are probably as good as what an investor can get in private equity because the private equity position is one of slightly greater risk in some cases and this is not always true because there are always real estate is always local, and there could be circumstances where uh, the the market defies the general market. But generally speaking, 
given that you can get the same amount of yield out of a private debt investment in real estate versus private equity, uh, a structured private debt investment is probably a better timed investment given where we are in the real estate cycle. So just to wrap it up, I wanted to ask you what you feel like for investors, the advantages of using private alternative types of investments versus public investments, especially where we are today in the stock market, in the bond market. I mean, obviously we've had a bull market in the stock market. Uh, up until a couple of years ago, we were having a bull market in the bond market. That certainly has ended. And so where we're at today in the cycle and where we're at in the public markets that they see every day, there are also our alternative investments, which are private. Do you see some, uh, just a couple of advantages in utilizing a good portion of an investor's portfolio in private alternative investments versus the publicly traded? I absolutely do. And, uh, and, and this is, uh, a part of your investment strategy, which is key and, and spot on, um, when you look at what the challenges are for public investments versus private. You know, we talked about this a little earlier in the call, and that is that you know what what is what is the fundamental difference between a public uh, a public offering um, in the investment space and a private offering, and we talked about the exposure to the public markets. Uh, if you have a public investment, you're exposed to the public markets and all of the whims that are associated with, for instance, the stock market. We all see what happens in the stock market. The stock market goes up, it goes down, it's quite volatile. Um, so it speaks for itself that if an investor is trying to avoid that volatility, uh, they are, if they qualify, we talked about this earlier too, that the private investments are only for a limited audience, but if you do qualify to invest in these investments, um, it can be a great a place to invest because you don't have the exposure to public markets and that volatility. Uh, we talked about today the, uh, the, the difference between private debt and private equity, and those, those stand on their own. Those are, two, those are two distinct differences. However, they both fall into this private investment class and therefore don't have the kind of exposure uh, to volatility that some of these public investments do. And if you think about it, um, on the private debt side, uh, private debt offering will be a, a debt offering in real estate, as an example, that has a fixed mature, fixed yield of, say, 10% a year. Maybe it's a three-year investment. Uh, it's known what that yield is going to be, and it's known what the maturity is going to be. And when an investor signs up for that, they can, they can count on the fact that those are the terms which they'll be given. Contrast that to a public debt offering where it's essentially tied to a public market, while it may be in a debt type of an instrument, it's going to face the volatility that is generally associated with a public market, which has a myriad of, of variables that are part of the mix. So that, that is also, although it may be debt, it's gonna be in the public markets, it's gonna suffer from the volatility that I think you're trying to avoid as you invest in private investments. That's the household endowment model. We want to emulate what uh, David Swenson at Yale did, and that is to uh, diversify, mitigate the risk by using non-correlated private investments versus everything being correlated in the public markets. For more information on private equity, private debt, alternative investments in general, please contact us here at Wealth Strategies Advisory Group. Our number is 888 888- 
1-800-835-9724. And you can also request any of our complimentary white papers simply by visiting our websites at wsagaz.com or thehouseholdendowmentmodel.com. If you're listening to our podcast on Star Worldwide Network, simply click the button and it says it's labeled a website. On the left side, bar to go directly to our listener page where you can get access to our white papers along with other useful information. We have some very exciting upcoming guests. And uh, for now, my guest, Matt Leiter, and our producer, Jeff Allen. My name is Vince Antable. We want to thank you for tuning in to your Money Manual. Look forward to speaking to you again soon. We sure hope you enjoyed this edition of your Money Manual with Vince Annable. Be sure to connect with us and follow us at Wealth Strategies Advisory Group and the Household Endowment Model on Facebook and LinkedIn. In addition to the Wealth Strategies Advisory Group website, your Money Manual is part of the Star Worldwide Networks and is also available on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast channels. So tell your friends to look for us wherever they get their podcasts. And thanks again for listening to your Money Manual with Vince Annable.